0: Whoa, emergency pod. James Harden got traded to the Nets. Join the guys and some special guests as they discuss the league's newest super team. Get comfortable. It's time for therapy.
1: Welcome back to your favorite podcast. It's Hoop Therapy. Brought to you by your co-host, Kayshawn, a.k.a. Killer K a.k.a. the King of Queens, a.k.a. your favorite Tar Heel. And with me, as always, my highly, highly esteemed co-host.
2: It's d a.k.a. Danny C. Uh, pull up a seat back on our couch and enjoy some therapy.
1: Hey, man, it's therapy without a fee. All we ask you like, subscribe, review, and go ahead and hit that follow button. Tip back, we got y'all. Um, You know, I love this city.
0: Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can. Um, You know, I mean, this this situation is is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. Whoa, now welcome to a speech.
1: Special, special trade edition of Hoop Therapy. We have some esteemed guests with us. Normally, you know, we have just me and Danny kicking it on the couch. But today we have a returning guest, uh, Mr. Anthony Frias of the Spice Trap. You know, let's welcome him back. Uh, We also have Dylan of DA Speaks, another St. John's grad we have uh, joining us in Brooklyn native. Which will become apparent why we needed him on this pod. And then we also have Mr. Thomas Klein, my main man out in Connecticut, who is a Nets fan. So, uh, yeah, yeah. welcome, welcome, y'all. You know, for you and Dylan, this is your first time on the pod. So, you want to say welcome? And, uh, y'all got anything to say to the people? I say hey, oh,
3: everybody. everybody. Oh, go ahead, Thomas. I was going to say, it's an exciting time, man. We made it out the mud officially. Hmm. Made it out. I mean, I got a lot of mixed emotions about the trade. You know, we're going to get into it. But, man, we got James Harden. That's all you can say. And the league is different, radically.
1: I hear that. Now, now Dylan, you know, you're not a Nets fan, but you're from Brooklyn, born and bred. How you feeling right now?
4: Maybe I'm the only one who feels this way but uh, defense wins championships so uh, hmm. I'm gonna just go ahead and take the okay. uh, take the negative side of, of view of the trade I'm not really I'm not really too optimistic about it I think the net ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals you know mm. I don't think I don't think wow. that's changed um, mm. and so that's where I'm at hey. oh, Okay but shout out to the fact that you know they will outscore every almost every team on every given <laughs> night so okay. that's that's kind of a good that's that's a good thing so far. They'll sell some jerseys. And you know <laughs> we love we love we love good ticket sales in Brooklyn, you know. Hopefully oh, well actually nowadays we're not even sure given the pandemic. Um, you know, shout out to all the front frontline workers, the healthcare workers of course. Um mm-hmm. so I'm not sure, but that's oh. where I'm at.
1: Oh, okay. Uh.
2: surprisingly, young, you wouldn't wouldn't be the only one saying that right now. Today oh. there's been actually a lot of pessimism t- pessimism, surprisingly.
1: Okay, and uh and you know, our first returning guest, you, you hold that highly esteemed honor. So I think you might be our favorite guest since you are the only one to be on here twice. Thank uh, you. That's how, how you. Are you feeling.
0: Uh first and foremost, big honor for me to be on uh hoop therapy two times. You know, like you said, it is very pr- very uh prized, uh I guess prized uh notor- like you got you know a little notoriety, you know what I mean all i'm gonna say just first and foremost but nah actually uh all jokes aside i was i was hit i hit danny earlier um y'all y'all know killa dylan and um and danny you guys know i was with brooklyn i was interning for brooklyn in 2012 so i think yes today today for, today for me is like a weird day because i'm like damn i could have stayed there and they would have had james Harden. But at the same time too ain't no one actually there anymore so i'm actually it's hmm. kind of i feel kind of like what dylan's saying, but. More so on the community level. I know Brooklyn's hella happy, but the people still working for Brooklyn, they they got rid of everybody. So it makes sense that they're getting rid of everybody on the court, too.
2: Matt, yeah. Matt, funny going into it. I posted on my IG story talking about if any Nets fans wanted to come talk, said, I've been there. I got the receipts. He's been in the, the arena before all this happened. There really isn't no original Brooklyn fans. You got some <laughs> rarities. You got some rarities like Thomas. Okay. big a hey. guy. Big hey, then, guy, big Joe Harris guy. But other than that, bandwagoners coming left and right. Hey, and you like, know
0: what? Uh you know what today made me think about? Remember that day uh when all when all y'all came to the game? Not not when uh kill and and uh my brother came, but I think when everybody came and I had those free tickets and I was giving them away to everybody.
2: Yeah, yes uh, sir, yes sir.
0: The nets have gone full circle from going <laughs> like, from giving interns free tickets to pass out to anybody on the street. To getting James Harden, Katie, and Kyrie, I really do give it to them. Sean Marks is a beast.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't go to that extent, but things have definitely flipped 180. Not that day to give that a story for that day for the free tickets. That game was lit that we pulled up to. I think it was like uh, against Nets Nuggets. Joe Johnson buzzer beater. Oh yeah, he broke going crazy.
0: A... Oh, he had that game. He broke somebody at the three
2: point line, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Buzzer beater.
1: You know, I still have those videos on my phone because the Nuggets hit a shot before that that we thought was the game winner, and then Joe came back and hit another one. So maybe we'll release those out the archives.
2: Right, but, uh, day ones.
1: But uh, we're here because... I mean, the,
4: 20, the, the, the 2013, I'll say this, um, the 2013 Nets, they were, um, they were a favorite. I, I remember that seven-game series with the Bulls, you know, them coming back before losing the seven, but... You know, I, I say to Joe Johnson that they were a favorite.
3: There was there was some good peaks with that team. You know, you had Paul Pierce hitting clutch shots. You're like, all right, this trade isn't isn't a complete disaster. But I mean, Danny, were you doubting the brilliance of Sean Marks coming back from the pits of hell after the Boston <laughs> trade? I mean, <laughs> look, like, look, I think ahead,
2: that I think. And it's crazy because we were going to – I know we were going to do, like, an original episode of just, like, how the Nets got so lucky to begin with before this trade even happened. Like, to say that he's the one who got KD and Kyrie to come – I don't know if we're going to give him that credit. And other than that, I know you had high esteem for that Nets team a few years ago with D'Lo. Dinwiddie on the come up. Jared Allen finally on the come up. Joe Harris getting his love. Like, that team was looking like a decent amount of scrap dogs. And, you know, they fought their way to lower seeds. But they kind of got struck by lightning. And I don't know if you can credit that to him, you know? And you're saying, hard-
3: Kyrie, you're, you're, saying, you're saying Kyrie being from Jersey wanting to play for the Nets is us getting struck by lightning?
2: Yeah, bro. He he left. He left two situations to go home, even though you know he could have been in a better situation. And he got one of his close friends to come over. It's 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 a slim chance. It's a slim chance, you know.
1: And I just, and I think Nick, go ahead, go ahead. I would say I would think it's the other way around. The Nets only got Kyrie because KD wanted him. I mean, mm. Kyrie's stock after Boston was kind of iffy. I mean, he's a max guy, but as you see, he's not a player wow. you can trust. Wow.
0: Hey. I don't know about the term Max guy, but. uh... Hey, no, but I was going to say not to beat around the bush. No, 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 no no lack on New Jersey, but they are in Brooklyn,
3: not New Jersey. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. But that was like uh, the whole Kyrie thing, you know, the the connection to Jersey, the history as a fan. But I think if the Knicks were at all confident, they would have went there. You got to credit the Nets for building up the organization to the point that two superstars chose them. You know, wanted to go there, and you know they Dang. had a, like the, the pieces around to build a championship team.
1: And, and that's the funny part. They they liked the culture that was built around Kenny Atkinson and all that, and, right. and then got yeah, fired that's... after the first year.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nobody left.
1: It's
3: a new era, man. All right,
1: era. so um, let, let's jump into it. Um, Danny, you got the trade details right in front of you.
2: Um, I I'll get them up in point two. Don't worry.
1: All right, but um, essentially.
2: But- What we got is Brooklyn getting James Harden, you know, the main piece. Um, Basically, all the pieces from Brooklyn spreading across Jared Allen. Torrey and Prince actually found their way to Cleveland. Um, Karis LeVert was on his way to Houston, but then they traded him over to Indiana with attached a second-round pick. And then they also sent over eight picks, first-round picks to Houston, four of their first-rounders and four of their pick swaps, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, is yeah, those four first
1: rounders. It's one of those Milwaukee firsts that's coming over from Indiana that they got in that Brogdon deal. So Mm. Brooklyn doesn't have control of a first round pick until 2028. You got four pick swaps in 2021, 23, 25, and 27, and the three first rounders in 22, 24, and 26.
0: That's wild.
4: Yes, um, well. I think the wildest thing to me would be James Harden not re-signing, or I would say the wildest thing is Brooklyn having to give him the full max contract because you kind of have to sign him to the full max now once his contract is up. Um, granted, I'm not sure anybody who would turn down 47 million in a player option, but in his case, if you could get five years to 25. But that's looking down the road. Um, I think immediately, like I said earlier, defense wins championships, and if we just look at this season so far, the defensive rating, from what I understand, the Nets have been like have the 22nd ranked defense, or it might have actually shot up recently from like 25. So I'm I'm a little bit pessimistic. I was with the guys they had on the roster um, currently. Now you ship off Jared Allen, you ship out Torian Prince, two guys who are helping the defense currently, Um, at least while Kevin Durant comes back in the front court, uh, you know, from his Achilles injury. He's looked great, and he's looked looked amazing on the defensive end as well. However, who's now available? I mean, Jeff Green is probably going to have to, you know, play more minutes and might even become a starter just because of the way the roster is shaped right now. But I'm not too optimistic about their them on the defensive end. Offensively, yeah, we know that they are going to be able to score a bunch of points, but you know they're going to be nights where they the offense struggles because it happens in the NBA. So now, what happens right. when you're not going to be able to carry them? Um, your defense has to be able to carry you forward, at least for segments of the game.
3: You're right. The defense is going to be horrible. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. I mean, we've been bad in spurts, good in spurts this year. KD has not been great defensively, but we lost our two best defenders. And, I mean, we're getting Harden, who obviously doesn't play defense. It's going to be bad. You're right. We're going to get blown out by, like, 30-some nights. And then we're going to blow teams out by 30. So it's it's, going to be an up-and-down thing. But, I mean, you know, these dudes are special. So, like, I just trust that the offense will overcome the defense over
2: time, you know? A small yeah, so small bright spot is going to be that I think they're going to get about $11 million in the injury player exception because of Spencer Dinwiddie falling down. Um, So they'll have that little bit of change to get a couple guys probably targeting bigs for defense, honestly. um, They got two player spots, I mean, two roster spots still left over. So they're not yet done. And like you're saying, like, you can go get like three of these top talent guys. Like obviously, you should go ahead and do it because, like you said before, you know you're already skeptical of what the roster is already. So sometimes you got to just shoot for the talent, swing for the fences.
0: Yeah, they can do some real cheap, just like uh, they can do some real cheap, just like the Dubs and the Lakers were doing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like- Find someone on a, a buyout like JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? And it'll work. JaVale, you insert JaVale McGee for like 20 minutes a game into that lineup, his length and stuff, it'll, it'll work. Well, yeah. why did they include him in the deal then? <laughs>
4: I, I <laughs> don't know. Cleveland, like they, have, they have Cleveland in the deal. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, Cle- Cleveland yeah. is just collecting all the centers. So now, well, before we get too deep into Brooklyn, I just want to... Shout out the Cavs, who actually have the number one defense in the league right now, based on defensive efficiency. Uh-huh. But I mean, they got all the centers. They got Larry Nance, they got JaVale McGee, Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, and they still have uh, Larry Nance as well. So I'm sure there's another move to be made for them. Uh, there's a bunch of teams that should, could use some defensive guys. Looking at you, Wizards. Um, but hey, Toronto,
4: yeah. you you haven't replaced any of the guys who are from your championship team yet. I'm wait, we're waiting. <laughs> Andre Drummond probably might be available now.
1: Yeah, absolutely, especially because he's an expiring contract. But uh, so 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 let's jump back in on Brooklyn, and you know everything is speculative because you don't know what Kyrie is gonna do.
2: So, uh, Thomas,
1: let well, me get to Well, that's the question.
2: Where is Kyrie? Yeah. Mm. He's helping his community Kyrie? right now. Who is Kyrie? <laughs> Bro, that was little, Honestly, I, where
3: he's at. I try to ignore it the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, you saw him on with that that politician or whatever. I mean, I think he really cares, you know? Like, he really cares Uh, to the point where he's willing to give a basketball like Kaepernick, you know? I think he's really, like, down. Yeah. But, like, the fact that he just doesn't communicate that and the fact that you just signed, like, a five-year contract, you know, like, $35 million a year, and you're just not talking to people and not showing up to work. You know, I know the world's crazy and everything, but, like, you gotta be better than that, you know, professionally at least. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I don't I, he think can.
2: There should he be can... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Not your thought.
3: I was just gonna say, like, you know, he can do all that, you know, off the court, whatever he wants to do, but you got a commitment to the team, man. You just signed. You're making thirty five million. And he just signed a deal. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously getting the Kyrie experience in Boston you know, one of the biggest issues with him was always, like, the communication on board. It's like, do what you got to do, and obviously, if you're feeling things or going through things, like, obviously, we're humans, you know, you can't take that away from anybody, no matter what position they're in or profession they're in, but at the end of the day, there should be no instance of, like, your teammates or your coaches or your organization kind of admitting that they have no idea what's going on with you, and you're just kind of in limbo, and then, you know, obviously, we live in the world of social media. You're going to be caught somewhere else. It's like, I respect him for the things he does in the community because obviously it's, it's real humane of him and everything, but it's just crazy how he go, goes along with this process. And it's like, like you said, financially he's committed, but if he's choosing to hack, like it's a hobby, then it's going to become an issue for them.
0: Yeah. I think the part that uh, rubs, uh, I completely agree with both of you guys. I think the, uh, the part that rubs people the wrong way, at least for me, it's like, I don't really care outside looking in, you know what I mean? Uh, Kyrie's a great basketball player. Um, like, you know, like you two were just saying, and I'm sure we all feel the same way, um, you know, do as he can do as he pleases off the court, does whatever you want. I, honestly, we all should support him on whatever he feels like regarding social reform and all of that. Um, but I think the thing that rubs people the wrong way is like, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong or maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that feels like this, but it's like his mannerisms or the way he carries himself regarding these things. It's yeah. like, I don't know if he thinks he's like, better than everybody or if he just doesn't like feel the need to actually be an adult and maybe let people know like hey what's up this is what i'm doing but when you're just like walking around and people are like yo hey you know you're gonna come to the end today and you're just walking around like don't worry about it i'm gonna do me it's like uh ah,
1: i don't really know if i
0: understand your whole message
1: you know yeah and, and- I think he made it pretty clear that he's better than the rest of us. You know, he, we're peons, <laughs> according to him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, so.
3: I, I mean, I he think literally got be... to the team. He literally got to the team and immediately wanted to trade everybody on the team because they weren't good enough to compete for a championship. He literally didn't even mention Joe Harris, the last remaining guy on that from that team. You know, well, maybe he part knew of the, as part of the team. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it just speaks to, like, he literally is the most pretentious, like, you know. He thinks he's better than absolutely every human being alive. and It's insanely
2: frustrating. And it's wild because it's like that's got to be the only part that's like taking him out. Because just basketball-wise, he's looking like the healthiest he's been in a long time. And almost the most comfortable he's been in a long time. And it's like, damn, if he's at this level, KD's at 75%, and then you throw Harden in the mix, like you're you're almost like this is impossible to beat. But just because he throws the complications into his own style that way, it's like you take him out of the equation. It's like he's not even there right now, so it's not its not even something to think about. It's so weird. I mean, right, and you days, don't know right? when
1: he's coming back. I mean, yeah. since he signed that deal last year, he's played what, like 27 games? That's I crazy. Mean, that, due to injury and then, you know, out for his personal reasons and the way it's looking, he won't be back for another two weeks almost, you know, him having to deal with protocols and him actually wanting to be there. So, I mean, you can't really... You won't really be able to see what this next team is going to be able to be until maybe about February, maybe. And yeah. even then, you you still got to... I mean, it's one basketball. I mean, I know KD has played with Russell Westbrook before, and, you know, that, that, that was his whole thing. But now you got KD, who can play off ball, but James Harden, who's been a notoriously ball-dominant player since he left OKC, and Kyrie, who will dribble the life out the ball to make somebody fall. I mean, it looks nice, but... It's four seconds left on the clock for me to shot. So, yeah. I mean, you know.
0: what they. I mean, yes. I
1: think the.
4: My bad. No, I'm sorry. I, th- I think the thing we haven't even mentioned yet is just how that affects the team organizationally. Um, We've heard the reports they've talked about, you know, with Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving not. Well, I, 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 I'm going to say that I assume we've heard these reports that, you know, Steve Nash uh, was not Kyrie Irving's first choice for head coach. He's been frustrated mm-hmm. with the organization. Um, I think we have to look at that perspective because he has one ball as Kayshawn has just mentioned. But how how does Steve Nash navigate this? Because he was used to being on a team where him and Amari were kind of one A, one B as terms of star power. And then you had role players figure it out around them. And Mike Dantoni had an offense that made sure everybody quote unquote ate. Now in this situation, Mike D'Antoni's the assistant coach and he's had this great history with James Harden who's now coming to the organization um, You, but you also have Jacques Vaughn who's supposed to be the defensive coordinator um, for the Nash but, I haven't, but they rank 22nd right now in defense and so now you're trading majority of defensive pieces, you're bringing in a very very talented offensive piece um, but we're not. I'm not sure where the system can be developed over the course of time especially given the fact that we are still in a pandemic and with the new NBA mm-hmm. rules and protocols, you know, we're not even sure where, when teams could practice when they could do shoot So let alone how, how can you get these done? And then we also have the, you know, the unfortunate, but needed NBA snitch hotline, as we call it, where <laughs> guys might get reported. And, you know, even though things might be closed here in New York city, um, ev- everybody can always find a way to enjoy themselves. So, yes, and knowing all of that, I think the headache is mostly for Steve Nash and the coaching staff. Um, Amari Stoudemire I thought he was working with a lot of great young bigs, and now he has DeAndre Jordan and he has Nicholas Claxton. So, yeah, you know, hmm. I'm just, it's always, it's all these little piece move games within the games I'm looking forward to seeing
2: yeah it's funny that you bring that up about the perspective from the organization and like why they made the movements they did and a lot of people going into just kd and Kyrie themselves like one of the biggest questions was like how do you cater to the, both these unique personalities and the fact that both of them have such like i don't know how to say it i don't want to say like selfish outlook but just i guess a bit self-centered outlook about how they want to play the game and how they do play the game and who they want around them etc and a lot of these moves, as much as, you know, might say is best for the team, a lot of it looks like almost like KD's calling, like the whole DeAndre Jordan signing and then starting him over Jared Allen and giving him majority of the minutes because that's KD's like one of best friends is like point number one. And the whole coaching staff is good friends with KD more so than Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie, like, you know, Thomas mentioned earlier, it was the whole thing of going home and the money was there and being close and the history, et cetera. But I don't know when you look at it and then you have a guy like Kyrie who's you know about his causes about his personality and then you have KD who you know obviously asserts himself as a man and then now you're bringing in Harden who has been catered to almost every single day he's been in Houston it's going to be an interesting collaboration of personalities because I don't think they realize that they're going to KD's team rather than being this big three etc.
1: Exactly. Um, let's go a little bit big picture here. Um, so what do you think? or well, what do you see as the net ceiling now with this trade made? And I'm sure they're not done with their roster remaking it because, I mean, they're gonna have to. But as of right now, as it stands with KD and let's say Kyrie comes back in a month or so, you know, where, where do you see their playoff outlook? Hurt. We'll uh, go to you first.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, personally, um, I think healthy Kyrie, I mean, not healthy Kyrie, but uh, I guess willing, willing to play basketball Kyrie, healthy KD, uh, in shape James Harden. Personally, I think they can definitely Eastern Conference Finals. Will they win it? Depends on their opponent. I'm sure they'll be able to pull it off. Like you know, they're I mean three MVP caliber players, uh, two champions, and then you got Steve Nash and the whole coaching staff. Um, And then I was going to tie in something else on on a non personal level, but uh, this James Harden move really, really did, uh, really, really did shake up Vegas and the betting lines. Um, The Nets they jumped up. From, I don't know what they were previously, but I do know one thing for sure. They were definitely behind uh, the Clippers and the Bucks for the championship um, starting with this season. So, right now, just throw this in there the Lakers are at plus 225 to actually win the finals, and the Nets are at plus 275. Um, from what I know earlier, they definitely made up, they leapfrogged the Clippers, they leapfrogged the Bucks, and essentially now. Vegas is saying that the Lakers and the Nets, are the, they have the same. I mean, plus 225, for anybody who knows gambling, plus 225 and plus 275, it's a $50 difference in which it does not matter. And then in regards to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Nets are basically outright favorites to win this joint at plus 125. So if you guys want an outside looking in, everyone, including Vegas, believes that the Nets are a powerhouse at this point.
3: I mean, this... Could be a historic offense. You got Dantoni. D'Antoni was the best thing that ever happened, ever could happen to Joe Harris. I mean, Joe Harris is just jacking now. It's great. I mean, he's not getting to the line at all, but he's jacking. And I mean, when Kyrie looked amazing before he, you know, went rogue. He was looking the best he's ever looked. So when you have him, Kevin, you know, KD, who we all saw what he did last night against Denver i mean he's just the dude is legendary you you put those two i mean and harden Like you have three historic offensive talents defense is going to be trash when you look at the matchups going into the playoffs i mean Embiid always eats us alive it's probably you know gonna happen again i'm worried about philly honestly I'm, I'm i mean the bucks i'm not really that worried about honestly but i think we are locked to win the east when you look at those odds the lakers and nets i mean that looks like a collision. It looks like a collision course to me. I think the Clippers are the only outside team that I would be worried about if I was wagering on, you know, those two teams. But I, I like our odds to win the East, honestly. Like, I don't really see any, any, uh, anybody, you know, competing with us. Yeah. Well, um, well, here's what, here's
4: what I'll say about that the reason why you don't think there's a team that can compete with them is because Danny Ainge sabotaged the Boston Celtics for <laughs> the past decade. So um, that's why you feel that way. And I, I, would, I would just ask everybody on this team, I would ask everybody on this call, how is it that after a trade staff seven years ago, the Nets still wind up better than the Celtics and a better championship team than the Celtics? Uh, I just, I didn't Danny, really understand Danny that. Comment. Danny, um, I, maybe some, maybe Danny, you could tell me, you could change my Celtics pessimism, but over the last several years, I just think that Danny ain't squandered a lot of great opportunities, and, you know, nah, I I always tell Celtics Twitter, change my mind, but they can't.
2: Look. So to go down that rabbit hole for a second, I'm gonna just pull up. I'm gonna just. Pull and up by the quick- way, this
4: is in, this is including this is including trades, draft picks, and of course free agency. So I'm prepared. Got
2: okay, a big so, uh,
3: Carson Edwards guy.
2: So just to go down the rabbit hole, in some parts I agree, but you know I got receipts right here from a flustered, you know, flustered Nets fan not knowing how to handle, you know, trading away some guys that you love and and you hey, know. Hey, just
4: I was emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And,
2: and getting yeah. you know a whole new team and just basically saying how being in the spot where you have okay. two homegrown draft picks and you know two I two guys it. who are going oh to grow into stars, you know, be likable characters on and off the court and just be a part of the system and you know be built around is is an amazing feeling, you know, talking to test to this with you know, obviously the, the Jays haven't got to the level that you know the Splash Brothers got to, but still seeing something homegrown kind of has a little bit more of a satisfying feeling than just kind of getting struck like lightning. like I said, and at the end of the day, I do agree. there's been plenty of times where he could have swung the fence or you know utilized his assets a bit more or you know, just gone 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 for the title early. I think that we whiffed. With Kawhi, there was a possibility there. Um, the AD situation, but some of these situations are tough because these guys were homebound no matter what. You saw with Kyrie, they literally went, when Gordon Hayward went down, they went like 16-0 and for a month. We're looking like great, great, great team going against, they they went toe-to-toe with LeBron, almost got one quarter away from the finals. And yep. at the end of the day, he still didn't even want to be there. And it's like, even the moves that he did pull, didn't work out because of the personalities of the guys that he got. If he would have got, per se, Jimmy Butler or PG, those guys are homebound anyways. PG got traded to OKC and gave his word, signed the extension, etc. Next thing you know, blink of an eye, he's all the way in L.A. like he said he was going to be. And it's, I'd, I'd rather see us use the assets that we have. Now we got the Jays. Now we have something exciting to watch night by night rather than having an unsuccessful year. And then blink of an eye, it's gone from us, right from under us. and We're left with nothing, you know.
1: And see, yeah, all that home bound, I mean, that that stuff is cool, but
2: if you win, all that goes out the window. I mean, because that's the name of the game. Thank you. Thank you. Look at at the Raptors. I'm not the Raptors. The The, the, Y Run was cool. You know, they got their chip, but, you know, they tarnished their name by sabotaging Demar. uh, What name? Uh, well, right. They they didn't have a name. <laughs> like, I uh, are you for, talking about? You for, mean the for Ra- raptor that rich card? And in that? then now now they now they leverage their future and they're on the backs of Pascal, and you know, they're looking shitty for the rest of the like probably next foreseeable mm. future. That's I mean, but do you think they would trade that what? chip
1: for DeMar DeRozan back or for like To me, if you win, it makes it worth it. What the Lakers did, giving up Brandon Ingram, whoever they could have gave up, whoever you get AD and and you win, that's all that matters. You you get the best 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 player. That's that's
2: that's why you go down the rabbit hole because it's tricky because it's like AD wanted to be there, so they obviously went out and got him.
4: But 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 here's my thing, Danny. Right here's my thing. There were so many scenarios based off of the roster the Celtics had where they could have kept the Jays and been in the same position but could have potentially had a championship too. Yes, Kawhi Leonard did not want to be in Boston. That's clear. He did not want to be in Toronto either. But look at – you got to look – we have to look at the results and we also got to look at what Kawhi was traded for, the situations that we're in. San Antonio was in a position, in my opinion, where they could have got – it was reported by several reputable reporters, David Aldridge, um, Aldridge, um, Shams, Woj – before we got – before we got – we got true Woj bombs. They offered Kevin Love and the eight pick. Now, granted, I don't think they would love Colin Sexton, but we know Shea Jokers Alexander went after that pick. Um, the Sixers mm-hmm. were offering some combination of the ten, number ten pick, um, full seven, um, Car- seven, um, I'm sorry, sorry, to Covington. They were offering those type of combinations. The Celtics, yes, they wanted Tatum or they wanted Brown, but between Morris, between Rozier, between Smart, between that all was, of these different that was first a round trade, picks, yeah. Like, how can you tell me that they wouldn't be able to keep the Jays? Keep Kyrie. If you have to ship out Gordon Hayward, so be it. Because guess what? You would rather win the championship, be in a position to keep Jason Tatum, keep um Jalen Brown, potentially keep Jay, um Kyrie Irving and Al Horford. And if go and those guys walk Kyrie Irvin, um Al Horford and, and Kawhi Leonard, guess what? You have a championship, you still have your core to keep to rebuild, and you're in a better situation than Toronto because guess what. I believe Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are better than Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Sleet as a core to go forward with. So that's my point. You could have had those guys. You could have had Paul George and just you just included two extra first round picks when you had Jay Crowder and Tyler Zeller. Like these are all different moves that they could have made that could have shaken up the league. It's not so much about the players themselves, but also look at what happened as a result of these things. You got Kyrie Irvin. The best reason you got Kyrie Irving is because you got him off the Cavaliers. The reason why they had a shot in 2018 is because Kyrie Irving was not playing in Cleveland. So that's my that's my person that's my personal belief. And then recently, Gordon Hayward walking away for nothing. That trade exception cannot help you win now. I hate I, I agree with Keisha on All this thing about future and you know building with a core, I disagree wholeheartedly because guess what? In the case of Philadelphia, me and him talked about this. Um where Mikhail Bridges is playing well in Phoenix right now. They traded him for an extra-future first-round pick in Zion Smith, who is not playing right now, who is not in the league, and a bunch of roster spots have opened up due to COVID-19. Like, that is an absolute failure. So all of these teams have had opportunities, including the Boston Celtics. You've had the best opportunity, and quite frankly, you have you whiffed, and now the excuse is, well, we have the entire future. We have the entire 2020 decade. LeBron James gift-wrapped the Eastern Conference to whoever when he left in 2018. The Celtics missed their window, in my opinion, and now here we are. The Nets
3: are
2: better than them. I mean, Ooh, look, at the up, end of the day, up. you know, there's two sides of everything. You know, you guys are obviously from the, the, the rings culture. Rings are everything. It makes sense. A lot of these times, you know, it works out. And then a lot of times it doesn't. You can you have get, rings and a core. The Clippers Clippers look sabotaged for you know trading everything away and bringing in their stars and they look like the embarrassment of the league and the laughing stock of the summer. So if it goes by the flip of a coin and you know like you said, there was good cores that they could have added to. Of course, the Kawhi thing would have worked out beautifully, but it didn't. And the the worst part of it is the assets that were kept either walked away for nothing or ended up becoming wasted picks. And that part sucks the most. But to say that the window is closed, I mean these guys are twenty, twenty-four, and twenty-three. The time, the time to come is still there, you know. But I didn't anyway. the window is. was closed. So yeah, it, 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 I so it, say it was it closed. Our but
4: it seems closed, right? Immediate, the immediate future is closed.
3: It would be better yeah. if Danny Ainge didn't whiff on all the first-round picks. He
4: yes, the first-round picks. Yeah. yeah, he whiffed. Yeah, he, he whiffed. He, he whiffed like, after, I, like it's not even just okay. Yes, you took Jalen Brown. And you took Jason Tatum. We also have to remember they were Gershaw in a position not they were in a position mm. not to rebuild because they had Brooklyn's draft picks. Brooklyn sucked, so therefore Boston could sign these veterans. They could sign um they could have Jalen Brown get playoff experience and go to the conference finals his rookie season. They could have Jason Tatum go his so- his rookie season and Brown his sophomore season because they have these veterans around because they got those picks from another team. So yeah, solid on Danny Ainge. You have these foundational building blocks but when you had Gordon Hayward when you have Kyrie Irving, when you have Al Horford make the most you have to make the most of the opportunity and and you could say yes Kyrie Irving had his quirks absolutely i personally believe the biggest issue with Danny Age is the fact that they didn't bench Gordon Hayward when he brought back if you remember the start of the 2019 season, the 20- 2019 season, they started Gordon Hayward, and he flat out could not play. He was still working his way back from injury, and that ruined the chemistry. The year before was Kyrie Irving. They had several set, um winning streaks with Kyrie, Irving. a 16-game win streak, two separate six-game win streaks. They had chemistry. Yes, it would yeah, have been then, awkward with him and Rozier, absolutely. It, it, but they had opportunities to to go forward, in my opinion.
2: Coming from the outside yep, looking in, you could you can go a different bunch of variations. I mean, you could put it on Gordon Hayward, you could put it on Ainge. and, and at the same knows, time, and
4: Keshawn knows I'm a Celtics fan, so I've been here for, through all the good at, and bad. So <laughs>
2: the so that you know, at the same time that this decision for Kyrie to go to the Nets was being talked about all the way as early as November of that year, like. Yeah. By by the win- by winter's time they were already like okay New York's got two teams that's got two slots for us like we got to pick our our pick of the month like you saw that playoff year you saw that series against Milwaukee we came out even with him trying to tank us down and take the most horrendous shots and play the most lackadaisical basketball ever even won a game and at the end of the day it was it was from a lot of factors that gave up on that team. I mean, I agree that Gordon Hayward should have never started because he wasn't 100%. But at the end of the day, Kyrie was also there on his own agenda. Mook was on his own agenda. And Terry O'Zare was on his own agenda. So it's like it's a it was a pile. It was a cluster. And at the end of the day, that year started out with commitment from Kyrie going forward. So if your guys are saying that you're committed, obviously, Gordon Hayward, despite, you know, being not 100%, still gave 100% of his commitment throughout the entire year and of last year, no matter how much his injuries held him back. And you had guys that said that they were dialed in. And then at the end of the day, you know, by a that blink of a eye, like I weak. said, the attitude changed.
1: Yeah. talk. you had something to say on this? Before we get... No, I was gonna,
0: like, way, way, way back, but when Danny was talking about uh, having something homegrown and stuff like that, I completely agree, but like as a dubs fan if Steph and clay and draymond had never won anything i mean it's cool and all but like, yeah, just, like, yeah, like they never won anything it's cool and all but like i mean like yeah like then they just a bunch of dudes just running around exactly exactly now
1: before we get to portland. Portland. Its... Yeah, right. oh,
0: yeah, portland yeah oh <laughs> yeah cj and dame should have been broken up like five years ago i'm sorry
1: absolutely but uh, you know, before we get too deep on, on the Celtics and, and their foibles, let's um let, let's just kick this over to the Houston side. So Houston gets Victor Oladipo, who's in who's an expiring contract, which I'm sure helps Tillman for Tito broke self. You know, he, he probably wanna <laughs> get that off the book. Um and they have a team now where you have John Wall, uh, Oladipo, Demarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, PJ Tucker. Who may or may not be on a trade block. Um, so, so what do you guys see from Houston? I mean, they started off. They right now they have the second worst record in the league, but I mean now they have players who you know buy in now. Hopefully, well, what do you see the ceiling for
3: Houston? Uh so this with the is tenth the most... pick
4: of the 2022 draft, the OKC Thunder select. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thoughts.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean. This was the most puzzling... The most puzzling part of the deal to me was how Houston just, like, shoot away Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and instead yeah. wanted Victor Oladipo, uh, yeah. a Milwaukee first-round pick and a second-round pick. Uh, Had they watched Jared Allen at all this year? The dude mm-hmm. is taking... The dude is the dude is going to a new level. He's playmaking off of picking rolls. He has potential to become a three-point shooter. The fact that they took... Victor Oladipo expiring like they're probably going to flip him for another pick I'm guessing when, once the team realizes they're out of the playoffs but like Karis Levert is under contract for what like another two three years and then you have Jared Allen a restricted free agent you can match like these dudes are legit players and to Victor Oladipo is not going to sign there like they're going to flip him I think and to get that in a Milwaukee pick is just absolutely mind-boggling to me I had no idea what they were doing with that
0: I agree on the Karis thing, but Christian Wood's way better than. I mean, I like Jared Allen, but Christian
3: Wood is a much better oh, round than I am. Uh, assuming. Than Jared I'm Allen. assuming they can play together. I'm assuming Christian Wood can play the four because he can stretch uh, it, and then Jared I, Allen can play the yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I just, I, I just, mean, just, even, even if Jared Allen's a better asset to me, yeah, uh, that's whatever like, they
0: got. Wood, right now, Christian Wood and Boog come off the court like one they can't be on the court together if you've watched some houston i know they were bad but if you watch some houston games they both can't play defense to save their goddamn lives so it's like <laughs> I, yeah i don't know if christian i think christian was more so like that like he has to play he, he has to be like mm-hmm. a small five him playing the four with another big it's kind of like you're just gonna have two hacks out there running around
3: i get that i get that but like even if I would still rather have Jared Allen, who I could match, because this season's kind of a throwaway for them, so I would just kind of have, I would just keep Jared Allen, who I could match his contract in the offseason, and just have the asset. Like, he's going to be valuable. Instead, you get a a Milwaukee pick and old people. I don't know. It just didn't make sense.
1: Yeah. To me, I I think, you know, Jared Allen is probably a piece that you'd probably want to keep, and I don't know why Cleveland jumped in on that. I mean, I guess another asset, like you're saying, but yeah, I, him and Christian Wood probably would have been a clunky fit, especially with DeMarcus in there and, you know, coming off injury and then John Wall coming off injury. Um, you know, this Houston team, I, I think they can they can make a rally to make the play-in game. I mean, you only got to be the 10th seed to make it there. But, you know, the West is tough, no, of course. No. But. I think they they have they have players now. They have a good bench. They they have a nice core. And if they're going to build around John Wall and Christian Wood, I mean, you could build around worse. And I think it, that that little combo there is enough to to vault them up to maybe nine, ten, maybe even eight. But you you know they have those assets now. They can you know Houston has never been gun shy on uh, picking up disgruntled stars. I mean that's how they got James Harden. So to me, I'm looking at all those first round picks and pick swaps is you, you don't need to make all those picks. You, you're going to have to move those to, uh, I mean, get the next disgruntled star. Or maybe you can find yeah. yourself in the Bradley Beal sweepstakes or something mm-hmm. of that nature. Hey,
0: But but quick, quick, quick little like, I guess, throw in question. Do you guys think that Harden's experience in Houston has or maybe in the future, like not has uh, Harden's experience in Houston is going to maybe shy away some? free agent stars in the future for Houston like do you want to do you, do you think a big star is going to want to like not necessarily fill James Harden's shoes but like think about it if someone of that caliber goes to Houston that's all they're going to be compared to is James Harden's time there do you think that Houston is you think that Houston is like uh kind of messed up their chances to get you know that championship type caliber player again
2: Nah, I mean, I'll take I'll take that one, and I'll say, like, I don't think – I think in terms of somebody looking to win a championship, I don't know if they're looking exactly at Houston. But I think in terms of star treatment, I think Harden has gotten, like, everything that he could have used, you know? Like, there was multiple, multiple, multiple roster changes, you know? D'Antoni was his guy, and he loved to play for him, and, you know, that was – that was catered to him and you know he obviously lives the lifestyle he lives he loves to party he loves to be at the strip clubs he loves to do what he wants even if it's the night before even if it's the morning of and at the end of the day there was not a lot of negative backlash from it from all his years there I mean it's coming out now now that he has negative light but before that it wasn't really a question the playoff thing was you know in terms of performance but everybody was you know hardened stands and there was so much love for him and as a, their superstar and he got the rosters and got to play with the guys he wanted he needed another guy so they got chris paul they switched it all into small ball then the relationship with chris paul wasn't working they went out and got his guy they completely committed to small ball etc like they cater to his style, they cater to his lifestyle, they cater to everything, and if you're a star disgruntled, like you're saying, with your franchise and you want to be catered to as a guy, then Houston's looking like the bright spot for that.
1: Exactly, least, yeah, like I you mean, were w-
2: saying. Right, go ahead.
4: Oh, I, mean, no. I was just going to say, I think that um, I think Houston is always going to be Houston. It's a big market. It has a great city, yeah. um, great community. Um, of course, I as I, and I always love to tell People, no state income tax is very real now for professional athletes. So oh,
3: yeah.
4: I definitely think going forward a young star would definitely consider Houston um if circumstance the circumstances align. James Harden I mean, situation, they don't care. They won't care about James Harden. Like they're gonna be compared ultimately to Hakeem because Hakeem is the one who won the Houston championships. Nah, but no who
0: no, who's comparing no one comparing Hakeem to I mean, no one compared to James to Hakeem this whole time. Yeah, they do. I mean, they always talk about how ooh. Houston hasn't got – they always say Houston has not won
4: since the Hakeem, and that's a reflection on James Harden. Come Is it
0: not? I, I mean, I – I yeah. can say
2: I haven't heard one, one Harden-Hakeem comp. Yeah. I
0: don't hear that.
1: I, Ever. Yeah, yeah That's because, you know, Hakeem's so much better than
2: Harden on both well, ends yeah. of the floor. <laughs> I, hear, I hear more comps to Lil Baby than Hakeem. <laughs> 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 They're on different atmospheres.
4: Well, well, actually, I yeah. I don't think I don't think little baby's record in the strip club is as good is as good as James Harden's from what yeah, I yeah. heard. So
2: he's untouched. <laughs> is his jersey
4: retired?
3: It, it should the be.
2: These in the rafters are multiple.
3: Well, yeah, I mean see, that's um, got to be the bar then.
1: <laughs> and see, we can jump in on this Harden angle. Um, you know, is he going to be in shape? We saw the press conference last night and how he pretty much forced himself to be traded. Pretty much saying he, he didn't think it was anything else that he can do there. It, it was all over. But uh, th- is Harden going to show up in shape in Brooklyn? It's the place he, you know, allegedly wants to be. But is
2: he going to be in shape? Yeah. Well, let me let me let me add on to that for y'all to answer and just give your perspective on how this whole situation has happened for Harden. Like, you know, his turmoil in Houston and where he's going to go from there. Like, what do you guys think so far? Of how he's handled this situation, what situation he's coming from, and what he's about to do with what he's got.
3: If I'm being hundred percent completely honest, it was pretty gross what this last couple of weeks in Houston. I mean, you heard, you guys heard what Boogie said yeah. in the yeah. um, interview today. I mean, that's an indictment. When the players, when your own teammates are like, "Dude, you have no fucking respect." Um, I mean, that's just like that's not good. I mean, I, that so. Even back to the question of, you know, will stars care? I don't think so. That Harden's an outlier. He's a one of one. He's a Dennis Robin. Like, you know, he's like he's just like kind of crazy. So I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't think you know that. I I I trust he's going to come into shape because he's going to get to Brooklyn. He's with KD. Uh, KD's you know completely dedicated to basketball. I trust he's going to get in shape in Brooklyn. Um, but in terms of what went down in Houston, it was pretty gross. Uh, it was hard to watch. <laughs>
1: uh, uh. <laughs> and if you don't know, now you know, nigga. Representing B town in the house, Giuliani, master. Uh. Uh. Yeah. I.
0: completely agree one thing i was talking to uh i was talking to some other people today about about this whole thing too as well and i mean just maybe this may be like me joking but me kind of not joking but why is there so much scrutiny about hard like kind of like uh what uh kind of what was just being said right now why is there not so much scrutiny about the way hardens like handled this why 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 is Harden kind of getting a pass uh about this like why is no one kind of criticizing him the way he's supposed to criticizing him i mean kd got thrown under the rafters mean,
3: players I mean, can do no wrong now players are i'm never just in saying the wrong they're never in the wrong it's like a player can you know imagine this happening like Melo just had to play for george carl you know yeah. like like dudes just had to like before like you know five six years ago dudes just had to like deal with their situation now it's just it's a completely different world players can do no wrong nobody criticizes you know nba players and i mean I don't know. That's just what it seems like to me. But, yeah, I don't know. That's just my personal I
1: would say with James because he has a proven track record of, you know, balling out. Like, even him going to the clubs and stuff, even years past, he's shown up and balled out regardless. But, you know, this year he's kind of like, I'm out, you know. So I can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt just basically knowing what I've seen from him before. But my thing is, once he gets to Brooklyn, how long is it going to take for KD to get tired of it? I mean, at this point, it seems like he's tired of Kyrie already. Uh, So him getting uh, James Harden was like a boon to him staying uh, long term in Brooklyn. But it's like James, like James wanted Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard got there. They got tired of each other. Okay. He wanted Chris Paul. Chris Paul came. They got tired of each other. Got rid of him. Russell Westbrook, who's supposedly one of his best friends, he comes and Russ is like, I can't play with this guy. He's not showing up for film sessions. Start the film. Like, what's going on? So, I, like, is James going to change anything about himself because this is no longer his team? At this point, he's the number two guy, and in Kyrie's eyes, he's probably number three. So, you know, winning
0: will change that. If they start winning, no one will complain. If they start losing, then someone like KD is going to be like, All right, what exactly? Are we yep, doing? that's hundred well, percent.
4: I think with James Harden, I saw a lot of people um, talk about. You know, they called him a jackass on television. They've talked about him and you know his deplorable behavior, given the fact that we're in you know a pandemic and you know just it just seems like he's un he was unwilling to you know follow the standard um, protocols of professionalism. Um, He wanted out, and you know when you want out as an athlete, you're gonna have to go through. A lot of depths and sink your character in certain instances but as um as An- anthony has alluded to you know nobody cares once you win like when anthony davis wore the that's all folks um t-shirt in new orleans that yeah. was distasteful like yeah. i didn't think that yeah. was necessary like no the fans at the end of the day the fans are always the ones that get to lose that lose out you know think yeah. about it yeah. they had they have they paid they they have to pay all these prices for tickets Um, They buy Mm -hmm. these jerseys for for players who sometimes, you know, they may not be there and it may not be their fault. You know, sometimes the team just trades players. So I'm not looking at it like, oh, the team is losing out. No, I'm always going to be pro player. But it's like I'm also a pro fan. And I think the fans are the ones that lost out because ultimately the fans showed up. The fans paid their tickets to Houston for James Harden. You know, they supported him and they were willing to, you know, pay the ticket prices as ticket prices got more expensive. As James Harden won those MVPs, as they got Chris Paul. They got Dwight Howard as they got these playoff runs. The fans showed up. and But now, you know, they have no choice but to just eat it and, you know, watch the player that they supported go to another team. So I think the problem ultimately is just the fans are the ones that have to lose out because the fans have no real power with, when it comes to teams. Yeah, they'll support players, but until fans show teams that they don't, you know, enjoy the practices that they do by stop showing up to games and even now – in the pandemic, we're not even sure when fans can show up again. I'm just not I
0: think this is going to be a repeated cycle for at least star players. Mm. But Dylan, but Dylan I, I know what you're saying like with AD and all, and I understood AD because it's like they, they were never going to help him. New Orleans was never going to help him. But like in this instance with James and with James Harden, it's like I know what you're saying. Like, yo, I'm pro players. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't know like I'm necessarily 100% pro player, but like at one point, do the like you have to blame somebody like you know what I mean? Like, is it not James Harden's fault? The fans are where they're at right now.
4: Well, I'm talking about fans in general, and James Harden's um, particular situation. No, this is a this isn't like a, a organization has failed a player. No, he had, in my opinion, is. Every I'm not gonna say being a babe, being a baby, but he's essentially saying, "Well, look, I can't win here, so I'm about to leave." And a we, we know it, but. Yeah, okay. Well, we can use the term diva. I didn't want to go there, but you know, he's essentially acting like he's essentially acting like a diva. And you know, yeah. because he can't have everything he wants in this exact moment in Houston, as he said, well, it's been reported, he said privately, we can't beat the Lakers in a seven game series. I want to leave. Well, mm-hmm. the thing about it is, a lot of players could say that, like, you don't like De'Aaron Fav- Fox. Imagine the yeah. his, his frustration. He is in the worst division ever. Like, think about the Sacramento Kings when Chris Paul went to the, um, for the Phoenix, right? Just, I'm, I'm not trying to deviate from jay Harden, but the Sacramento Kings became the worst team in the, one of the toughest divisions. They got to deal with Kawhi, LeBron, Steph, all, Chris Paul for four times out of the year. De'Aaron Fox might not ever see the playoffs in Sacramento. He's yeah. still chugging along, not, you know, demanding out, even though he knows that he can't even see right. the light of the playoffs, let alone a seven-game series with the Lakers. And James right. Harden has had plenty of opportunities I always say, hey, look, take care of yourself in the regular season and you never know what could happen. You know, when, um, Kevin, Durant, when Kevin Durant went down in 2019, you know, if you take care of your business in the regular season, you're not the four seed. You don't face Golden State in the second round. Maybe you get them in the conference finals when you're fully healthy and the Golden State is on the ropes. So again, all these things James Harden could have did. I agree. He had every single opportunity and Houston gave him every single thing he wanted. And- But I'm just saying, in Mm -hmm. in terms of, in general, in terms of like the fans, the fans are always going to be the ones that lose out because the fans aren't the ones that traded players off of Houston to get the duck under the luxury tax. The fans aren't the ones that, you know, made it so, whatever, how much, no, no matter how much depth Houston had, for whatever reason, they lost. Part of that is on James Harden, but you also understand that the fans, um, are, are the ones who ultimately lose out. So that's all I'm saying. But I agree. Is all this is 100 percent on James Harden. The Rockets have given him everything they wanted.
3: He's wanted. I mean, I I I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I'm all for player. Like I'm all pro player for you know free agency guys moving. You know, I think it's fucked up how it's structured. Uh, You know, with young guys having, you know, all the incentive to stay with these trash organizations that draft them. Um, You know, I'm all for player movement. But yeah, like the James Harden situation was totally different. You manipulated the roster for years. Um, I mean, it didn't work out. But like you signed a contract, you know, to just be like, oh, and, and to like lie to the fans on like Instagram. Like, oh, like there's just nothing that like they can do to fix it. You know, it's like, dude you know, you, you, made, you made a commitment, you know, you, you signed the contract and now, like, you're the one that's, like, created the problem in the first place, it seems like, I mean, all the memes going on, you know, like, like Eric Andre, like, shooting the guy, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Houston's culture, like, James Harden, what happened? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he created the whole thing in this situation and now, like, he's demanding out, it's, I don't know, I mean, he came to my team, so, like, I'm, I'm saying all this, but... <laughs> You know, uh, it is it is pretty you know, hypocritical.
0: It is almost like hard. I mean, from what I've taken it from it, especially like yesterday with Jams, uh, it's almost like he's oblivious to the fact that he may be a little bit to blame here. Right.
4: Well, it's not that he's oblivious. It's just that he's the asset at the end of the day. So, I mean, unfortunately, like, if he has the right to say, well, OK, it's not working out here. Maybe I can go be a better asset to another organization who's maybe in a better position right now. There's not in my opinion, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just that he handled it unprofessionally. Like I don't think he's oblivious to that fact. Like he's the one we, we, he knows that he went two for th- was it two for thirteen in game six in Houston against the Spurs in twenty seventeen. He knows that, you know, in twenty nineteen against the Warriors he had an opportunity and it slipped by them. Like you can't say I don't think he's a. I'm, I personally don't believe he's oblivious to these facts. I just think he's come to the point where he's run out of answers and he doesn't want to wait till his contract is over.
3: So he right, wants to go it just now. seems that's the thing. It's like contracts just have no meaning anymore. It's like yeah, I don't blame yeah. him for like wanting to leave right now. Like for he's a mess. He's a he's a total mess. Uh, broke boy. Gone, you know? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely broke, and I don't blame him for wanting to leave. It's just the whole structure is just messed up. You know, you signed a contract. It's like, I don't know. Well, you got, you got these well, contracts, contracts. These contracts,
4: contracts really don't mean shit in the league. PG right. But that's on shit and left. Like, it's, meetings, so. that, that's, on the, that's on the ownership. That's on the governors, though. They wanted shorter contracts when the league, when players got seven year deals plus deals, they stay with their franchise for good or for bad because, you know, it was a long deal. You couldn't really move a player like that um you know shout out to the joe johnson deals shout out to the josh Smith deals that he they got in the past you know players stayed with franchises but owners ownership they wanted these lesser deals they don't want to have that type of financial commitment to particular players which is fine but now you have these situations where players don't want to have long-term commitments to organizations if they're not ready to go and win now um right so i'm not sure what the situation i'm not sure what the solution is to that you know i I'm I'm not of the radical idea of just having abolishing trades. I'm I'm never gonna be a fan of that. But you know maybe maybe they could abolish the trade deadline in the season, so you can only do trades in the all season. You know that or just lengthening the contracts again.
0: No, you don't want to see any of that. I you still want to have players like you know have some sort of say as to what they want to do with their careers. But I absolutely. Do- I do agree with the fact of like, if you are like you know like you, uh, Thomas was saying regarding like contracts not meaning anything, like if I you kind of have to blame the team at that point. I kind of agree with Dylan, I guess, because like if your if your team is will if a team is willing to sign somebody for four or five years and then like a year later if you're about to leave, it's kind of like your it's your organization's fault that they decided to give you that five five year deal. It's kind of like you can't blame him, but at the same time too it's one of those things where are we going to start getting to the situation where are we going to start getting to the scenario where everybody around the league just wants to play with their homies or they want to play to just to win? Is everybody right. like – no, Like speaking about like De'Aaron Fox, is someone like De'Aaron Fox going to have to just say like, F it, I can't win here in Sacramento. I'm never going to win here in Sacramento. So when I turn 25, 26, I'm just going to want out and I'm gone? And, I
4: mean, and see, if you a free I, agent, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that
2: I think we've already gone. I think we've already gone the dark path of like seeing situations like this: the Kawhi, the PG, the et cetera of of being contractually binded, but still just not really caring, not playing, not really giving effort, just being disrespectful to the media, et cetera, and just forcing your way out. And at this point, now you have the decision of. You know commit for the money and then if it's not working out ideally for you you have the option to force your way out Um, play with your friends you know move yourself around and you know give yourself a certain target list that is gonna give the best package for you know the trade and still give you what you want like there's so many options that it's like there's no way to really control it because at the end of the day they have all these max contracts etc and if at the end of the day you decide you know what I don't like the situation there's been too many situations that it has passed by already that there's no control over at this point. People have but already forced their way out in so many different aspects, like it's so difficult to control that.
1: But see, I like that because it puts the onus on the organization. You gotta make something happen. You yeah. no longer can you just sit back mm-hmm. and just collect the money and say, Oh, you know, that's it. I got yeah. my money. You like no, there's, if there's want to be cash, you, keep these guys, you gotta win. Yes.
4: Yeah, somebody said earlier that um, you know. What's gonna happen? If everybody wants to win. There's nothing wrong with every player wanting to win. That's kind of the point, you know. Like yes, it's a great it's a great game, and you know there's economical um, advances that a lot of families get to have. What players are in a position now where their first, you know, or second contract could be more than most players in the past, most greats in the past have ever made, of course. But they still playing to win a championship, a trophy, um, you know, be able to be qualified for the Olympics and win the gold medals, like all these different accolades. So there's nothing wrong with wanting that. And, you know, the play, I just always see, like, the organizations want players 100% committed, um, 100% down for the cause. But we have, like Sean said, it's the pressures on the organizations now. Okay, you say you want to win. Well, how bad do you want to win? How much can, are you really developing, you know, guys? Are you making the right draft pick consistently? Um, Are you building roster? Are you building out the roster around, you know, your star player or who you identify as your core players? All of these things like do matter. Like if like with, with the situation with Devin Booker and Phoenix, right? Like if they did not get Chris Call or some yeah. type of viable option next to him, even though Devin Booker's next contract starts this season and is not gonna you know, run out till twenty twenty four, he would have had every right in my opinion and would have mm-hmm. been justified to wanting out of Phoenix. Yeah. Look at what I mean. Look,
3: at, D-Lo and
4: Look yeah. at all of the picks that they've made over the last few years. They picked Dragon Bender over Jamal Murray over um over Jalen Brown, Donchish. over several, so many players, um, they they picked Aiden over Doncic and Trey Young. Yeah. And granted, I, I like Aiden, but you know yeah. Doncic has been unbelievable. You can't you can't tell me that that's a great pickup. You know what I'm saying? So no, but, you know, yeah, you got Chris Paul for him now, but if if you didn't, he would have had the right to one out.
0: I completely agree, but I feel like every situation is different. Like the book situation in Phoenix is completely different compared to, like, James Harden situations with Houston. Absolutely yeah. 100% different. Right. They've never given D-Book an opportunity to win, let alone 30 games, until Monty Williams came around and was like, all right, we're going to start playing real basketball. But um, with James, it's like – I know I, I I completely agree with, like, players going – but, like, kind of like what Keshawn was saying earlier, it puts pressure on owners and organizations to do you want to win now – or do you want to win? You know, do you want to win? But it's like in that situation in Houston, going back to James Harden, it's like I there's a piece of me that kind of feels for the Houston fans of the organization. It's just like they did Absolutely. everything they they did everything that they were supposed to do to get there. And now their main their 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 that main their main cog in their whole engine is gone. And it's like now what do you do? you know what I mean? So it's like, when you compare those situations, like someone like the book, AD, a- uh, AD a- Kyrie Irving, whatever, James Harden, it's like, you got to look at these situations and really see someone like the book if tomorrow, let's say like, let's, like you said, uh, Dylan, uh, CP three never went to Phoenix. Shit. D book should have been asked for a trade two years ago at that. But it's like, Phoenix is a terrible organization.
3: I also feel like there's a way to go about asking for a trade where you're just not like a complete, you know, like dick about it. Like you can just ask for a trade and just like keep doing your job. You know, I feel like I you mean, like, work with the organization. I, I just feel like, in general well, with the NBA, like the front office is so disconnected from the players, like with the Giannis situation. It just seemed like, like, why doesn't Giannis just tell him like, yo, if you get these guys, I'll stay. You know, like, so they don't have to trade like five first round picks for Drew Holiday and just like panic. I don't know. Like, I just think like there's just like a, such a disconnect front office to star. But maybe that's just, like, I
2: don't well, know, I don't, part of the question. I, I, I think it falls on personality. Um, Essentially, Giannis basically didn't. He, like, I forgot what happened. He was, like, talking to the owner mm-hmm. and, like, somebody else where he was essentially just, like, yo, like, I'm trying to win and, like, I want you guys to make the correct movements and, like, go out and get me some, like, help, essentially. And that's what they did. And they tried their best to, to go around and get, you know, multiple guys. But they ended up getting Drew Holiday and that got him to commit. And yeah. I wanted to bring the situation with Older Depot too, where like all the rumors came out were saying that, you know, he's like asking around to get shipped around, et cetera. He took the media yeah. like well and he was like, you know, obviously I want to win. I want to win here, et cetera. But you could tell he was disgruntled. He put his head down. You know, he got to work. He had a good start of the season and the opportunity came around. He got moved in, you know, a good way. And the Pacers got back something good in like the back, like in their regard. It's just all in the personality type. Like there's been ugly ways to leave and then there's been respectable ways to leave that just aren't ideal. And it's like, it all depends on the kind of person, in my opinion. It's also
3: it's also all about leverage. Like, AD did yeah. all that because, you know, he wanted to go to the Lakers. So, yeah. I don't know. Everything's, like, happening behind the scenes now. And but, but, like but, players but, are getting more leverage. And I, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but it's just, like, a change. And it's leading to a lot of, like, just weird stuff happening. I, yeah. I
4: slightly disagree. Like, I think that, you know, we we can understand that the top maybe – five or ten percent of the league could do these things but and it gets ugly because they're stars so they get the television shine but a majority Mm. of the league is not doing this and so that's why i look at james harden's situation as like the outlier because most situations are the other side of the spectrum the Anthony Davis situation, where the organization fails the player, not really building around them, making incorrect moves. Um, you know, signing Omer Asik to a five-year deal, signing Tyreek Evans to that five-year, to that three, five-year deal. You know, just making these bad organization decisions that handicap the franchise, and now you can't really properly build around your player, your your star player. But now you mm-hmm. expect your star player to just you know want to work through it. And guess what? Some guys do not want to beat Dirk Nowitzki and only have one championship. And you know, you you could say that, you know, we respect Dirk so much, but we don't put him amongst all time greats. Um, at least amongst the top, I would say the top fifteen. You know, like yeah, he's a top twenty-five all-time player, but when we come down to the top fifteen, you start talking maybe the Dwayne Wade, the Hakeem's, they all have multiple championships. And you just in the back of your mind, you don't say, Well, yeah, but we love the fact that he stayed he stuck around and was loyal to Dallas. No, people don't care about that stuff, inevitably. Like in the moment, it's great for franchising and it helps for these cities, but in reality, we we've knocked these players for these moments. Like Charles Barkley is so great, but we don't well, we knock him or we think he's lesser than. Because he's not as great of these other players, even though he might be as great as these other players, he's just not as accomplished as these other players. So I look at James Mm -hmm. Harden and I say, okay, he's just an outlier situation. But we also got to remember that these franchises, they also can trade players. And sometimes they trade players and they don't even know. They've traded players within games and then pulled Mm -hmm. players. So I can Mm -hmm. never really fully feel bad for a franchise when the, the shoe's on the other foot and it gets ugly on their part because... Family, I'm, you know, I'm an educator. Dylan loved the kids. I'm always going to remember <laughs> that families have to get moved around. You know, kids have to change schools. Right. And you have to figure these things out, where you're staying at, how you're going to move your families. Nobody ever cares about that for the last play on the team. Dante DiVincenzo, and this is, my, this is my final point on this, but Dante DiVincenzo with the Bucks, You don't think that he feels some type of way that he was traded to the Kings for, for Bogdan and then was traded back because the trade didn't go through? But guess what? He's turning mm-hmm. along and being a professional because he's not a star player. He's a good player, but he's not on the level of a Giannis, of a LeBron, of a K- of a Kawhi who could do these type of D de- D de- um
2: things. Yeah. yeah. And I mean you guys allude to always like, you know, rings is king. And like, you know, Tak said before, you've he, seen the situation A D. Things got ugly, things got weird, things got unnecessary, but you know, he wins that title and now the outlook on him is kind of all positive. It's kind of what direction is he going into now? What kind of number rank in the league is he like? Oh, his his pop his uh, reputation now is completely flipped, and you know, winning's king.
0: But unlike AD, if someone like James Harden goes to the Brook goes to oh, wait. if someone like James Harden goes to Brooklyn and wins, let's say they win this year, does James Harden's whole outlook just completely change just because of that? Because I completely agree. AD's but the question,
2: opposite. the question is not going to be like, did he do the right thing, etc. It's going to be how much more of this can he do if he wins? What What's the year coming for the Nets going to be? His, it's going to tread behind him, and if they have more success after that, it's going to be gone. Two rings, it's gone. You know, yeah. there's no, there's no looking back on it. One ring's enough to change the conversation already. His outlook going forward, rather than behind him. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean,
3: no no one gives no one really cares about New Orleans. So like, yeah. you know, once he wins another chip in L.A., like, you know, it's it's gonna be all ancient history.
1: Absolutely. Even with KD, you don't even get the same KD questions. Like if everybody, he went yeah. to Golden State. Everybody booed it, but he got his rings. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's, I mean, the way the NBA is talked about in narrative machine, it's like if you don't got a ring, it, it's nothing.
0: Yeah, but
1: you know,
2: look, look how much people People hated Kawhi for what he did. Like, people were tight with, with Kawhi and that whole situation with San Antonio and Uncle Dennis and missing games, etc. And then, boom, go to Toronto, get that ring, and then you're in L.A., and the conversation is all all different, you know?
3: Yeah, we definitely had a few arguments about that Danny.
2: Yeah, but it's crazy, you know, the, the ring, the ring changes know. it. Now you're not really even thinking about it no more.
3: I know, I know. It's amazing that that, that happened in San Antonio. Yeah, I mean... It'll be interesting, you know, coming years. I don't know how contracts are restructured. I don't know the, the players' association, how they do in the, you know, the negotiations. I feel like we should just draft. We should just draft everybody every year. We just go all in. Just do a draft. Every team resets every year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like fantasy basketball. Fantasy basketball wow. lot. <laughs> yeah, honestly. That would be kind of fire. I can't lie. That would be kind,
0: kind of fire. Hey, but you know, kind of, like, going off on something like that, like a really, like, weird idea. Do you guys – because Dylan kind of, like, uh, piqued my interest with uh, uh, dirt. Do you guys think that in the next – I don't know how long, maybe a decade or so, is the NBA going to get to a point where they're kind of like – like for, for, for whoever follows European soccer, but are they going to get to the point where they're kind of like the big European soccer clubs, like, as in, like – you know what I mean, like a top six where it's just going to be, like – are we gonna have a league, league where it's no, no, yeah? Are we gonna have a league where it's like five to six teams are just absolutely dominant moving forward? They have everybody wants to go there, everybody yeah. wants to mm. play there. They, they get you know they get all the Lebrons, they get all the ads, all whatever, and then we have about fifteen, you, you know, fifteen teams that kind of just like middle of the run. They 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 create the stars, and then you know the Lakers will buy them. Do you think the NBA will ever get to that point? Aren't we there now?
2: It's hard. That's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. It's hard to say we're not even there now. I mean, we brought oh, up that yeah. situation with the Kings. It's like, their what's their outlook? You know, how how long are they gonna have to wait to even be like relevant in their standings? You know, yeah, teams, I mean, smaller teams that don't get. I mean, t- a team like the like Milwaukee that got lucky like twice, and they got their generational stars. But other than that, it's decades of just mediocrity. You know, and it's gonna be I mean, like that. And the Lakers had took you know the downfall, and then they got their their popularity. You know, like. These teams like are just gonna be keep on winning like the way that they are. Go ahead, Thomas.
3: Yeah. I was gonna, like back to uh I mean, I was gonna say with the Nets and the Clippers now as like absolute powerhouses in the NBA, it could become that. I could see that, you know, big market teams coming back. But you still got like the Knicks, you know, you still gotta be competent. Um I was gonna say the back to like we were talking about way earlier with Houston it's kind of crazy that Christian Wood just like chose the Rockets, you know? Like free, the free agents don't usually go there and they kind of, I mean, Christian Wood looks like an absolute star. So, I mean, <laughs> you see you see some weird stuff flabbing and guys signing places. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it, it definitely could go down that path.
2: I definitely think that's a possibility. And oh, only, a, hand, I, only a, handful like, a handful of teams have won the chip last, you know, a few decades, so.
1: I mean, uh, only a handful of teams have won the chip, I mean, going back to when they started it. I mean, so I, yeah. I'd argue that the NBA has always been a top-heavy league. You know, the, really. the idea of parity doesn't really exist in the NBA. You look, I mean, between the Celtics and the Lakers, they have, what, like half of the NBA titles?
2: More than that. Yeah. You know,
1: in history. Them titles so, in the 1940s don't really count, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, but even Listen, even since then, like, that. if— <laughs> if you go like since uh, 2000, pretty much, you know, you look at the teams that won. The Spurs have won. The Pistons the got them one lucky. The Lakers, the Celtics, and what they the Heat have three. The Heat, and then the Mavericks got a lucky one. You know, so it's like. I agree with you, it, Sean. Yeah, it's always star- The NBA is different. Like the NFL, you can have a lot more parity because of the way it's structured and the way they do their schedule and. I mean, any given Sunday type thing. But basketball, I think you're always going to have teams with higher star power. And I just it's just the nature of the beast, especially with the way you have the draft situation where you got players going to teams that they might not want to get drafted to. And, you know, that's a whole different, you know, discussion. But the draft itself is unfair because who, I mean, me, I got to pick who I want to work for. Why can't these guys pick instead, you know, but. I think that that's, that's another reason why a lot of these players end up leaving their teams. Because, I mean, I'm a 23-year-old guy. What, what do I want to do in Sacramento? What yeah, is there for me yeah. to do in Oklahoma City? Yeah, like, but, like, they, what?
0: but if you remove the draft and you gave players the choice, then ain't no one ever going to go to play in Sacramento.
1: I mean, they right, might not, not but they'll have more money. I mean, at right. some point, some, some guys will be like, I can accept that challenge or I can do that. I mean...
0: But, like, look at – but that's what I was saying, like, with European soccer. Like, you know, I, I, like, I guess I'm making comparisons. It's like if you do give the players that choice, like remove the draft, it's like looking for me, like 21, 22, why in the world would I want to go play in Indiana? Or, 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 oh, or, because,
4: um, or, because the Lakers have all right, all like all the roster spots on the Lakers already filled, yeah, and then yeah. Sacramento <laughs> has the money available, or like money, the, yeah, if, you, if you they're, if they're $2 willing million to take on the take... Lakers, or you exactly, and no playing yeah. time, or you're gonna take 25 million from the Sacramento Kings and and plenty of playing time, it's like it's, it's not yeah. good. I, I think, I think teams get you know petrified by the idea of like players leaving, but you also got to look at the situation. Um, for what it is, and then you have to question: Okay, is this player on that status to where, you know, they can they can potentially leave? And what's our outlook? Like I like for yeah. for the Kings with De'Aaron Fox, they can't afford to to trade him unless they're gonna get like a Kings ransom back, you know, yeah. because he is their he is their only future. You know, Marvin Bagley has question marks around his his playing time and just his overall development so far you still have the fact that you took him over Luka and trey young so that's always going to be hanging over the franchise as well recently um and but but it's like you can't look at that and say okay well we're afraid of losing him no all you can do is try to build you offer them the money um if they don't want to take it because of the nature of the draft and you know the salary structure you could sign them in restricted free agency and you have to show these players again A lot of these markets, unfortunately, and that's kind of why I don't like about the only thing I really don't like about the NBA. uh, Sometimes they try to choose markets that are not that don't have other sports franchises, and you know it's okay if you do if you can get away with that. But in certain situations, you know, if there's nothing to do, as somebody just alluded to earlier, if there's nothing to do in that city, like you know players are going to have a wondering eye you know humans and beings are going to have a wondering eye yeah and the you know, onus is always going to be on the teams to get to make it right and to say well there's never going to be that's not to say that you can't leave room for rough patches but it can't be that rough you know everybody has a different tolerance level
2: and another perspective is like the fact that we mentioned it earlier in the pod like the ideal circumstances just living wise that some of these locations have just so happen to have the most popular like locations, like some of the most beautiful weather and beaches and, you know, uh, you know, Hollywood lifestyles over there in LA. And then you have the Texas teams with the, you know, the taxing situation. And then you have the popularity of the New York side that's always going to gravitate somebody, like, you know, and it's just 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 so happens that those locations have such big markets that it's just going to stay that way.
3: Uh, All that nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Nobody wants to go exactly to yeah like nobody wants to live there. Nobody wants what to gonna there. there. Yeah, I mean, come on, like that's why I feel for my guy Jared Allen today. Like, he didn't deserve that. But <laughs> shit, it's, but like that whole little five minute
0: spiel that all, all that's telling me is like, look outside, looking in is like the whole middle of the country. They ain't ever really gonna win anything. No,
2: nope. but, but, but they
0: really
4: could care. win if they if they can win if they just build their franchises correctly, like. San Antonio, they they let Tim Duncan keep um bring his girlfriend or the uh, wife on the plane, and they kept him from going to Orlando. Once again, he chose another two, the two states, Florida and Texas, with no state income tax. He was gonna go uh, to Orlando, and they Orlando did not allow. I believe Doc Rivers didn't allow him to bring his girlfriend on the team plane when they was traveling, and he chose to stay in San Antonio. San Antonio did what they had to do as a small market, and they built around him like. It's, you can't look at it and just Is say, oh, they're true? never gonna I win." Is Honestly,
3: had never heard that story. Yeah, he really was like about to go to Orlando, and that was yeah. the deal breaker.
1: Yeah, that's so, okay. That's so, yeah, I mean, another guy. I mean, Kobe wanted to leave too, but you know, they they don't talk about that. You know, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> they so they got him. fouled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it worked. <laughs> I mean, some right. guys will stay and it'll work, and some guys, you know, you just gotta move. So. um Let's uh, get get some last thoughts before we wrap. We'll start with you, Thomas, the the Nets aficionado. Uh, How how would you grade this entire trade from the Nets standpoint?
3: I mean, we're up twenty on the Knicks without Kyrie and Harden right now. Um, (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) that's the Knicks. But anywho, um, no, I mean, defensively, it's gonna be a struggle. Like we said earlier. It's gonna be highs. It's gonna be lows. You know, it, we'll see how how they fill up those last three roster spots. I doubt they're gonna be like difference makers. But I mean, I get to watch James Harden and Kevin Durant at the very least. You know, we'll see what happens with Mr. Crystals. Um, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, I get to watch those guys every night. It's gonna be amazing. I like our odds for the East. I don't believe in the Bucks. Philly's a challenge, but. Ben Simmons can't shoot. I don't care about anything else. Um, and man, it's gonna be a fun year. It's gonna be a fun year. So I was sad about my guys leaving earlier, but you know, after after this, I, I'm I'm about to go pour another drink and Sally. <laughs> there you uh,
1: go, Dylan. Our Brooklyn, our Brooklynite. I, I guess that's the word. What would you give UK this trade? True Brooklyn. Uh, I'm not
4: I'm not a transplant either. <laughs> you know, i been
1: um,
4: I think, like I said, defense is always going to win championships. I'm cautiously uh, pessimistic about the deal. But at the end of the day, you have James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Go figure it out, <laughs> you know. Yep. So I'm looking forward to see how they, um, they mesh and go forward in the season. It's always early. Top?
0: Um... I mean, I'm a basketball fan. Um, I think they're going to do well. Um, I'm very curious. Honestly, I'm just very curious to see how it works. That's all. I'm not like, I don't feel any type of way about the trade. I really, really just want to see what they do with the 24 seconds on the shot clock, Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Um, I don't know if there's enough of the ball to go around, but. I, you know, it's like a it's like it's like they're playing 2K in real life. I think that's what the fans we get to see, and I think that's what a lot of fans want to see is uh, like a video game in real life. So as a fan outside looking in, I'm curious, I'm I'm very excited. I think it's going to be good for the NBA. Um,
1: and yeah. Yeah, I will say, you know, speaking of 2K, no more using Brooklyn if you're playing yeah, in 2K. Right. You use yeah, one of those teams. You're okay, catching these okay, hands. Okay, okay. <laughs>
2: uh danny so i go and say like you know it definitely is like an experiment like top was saying and you know dylan's saying it's just so like you got so many questions about it so curious like looking on paper and obviously you know you can't judge something just looking on paper but given the take that i have to give right now looking on paper their ceiling if they make a couple smart moves with the money they got fill out the roster like you know, the E should be there is no problem, especially like Giannis isn't looking as great as he has in the past. Now, it's their it's their window to kind of just take over. And obviously with those three guys, you know, have a few few years left of being at their peaks. You know, they can obviously take over. So it's an A plus for always going out and getting the talent. But they should be on the lookout. Tatum's a new KD. Jalen's a new <laughs> yeah. So They got two years before shit gets real.
1: Yeah, and I'll just echo echo all the sentiments here. You know, it's an A-plus. You, you go out and get the superstar, you win the trade, period. That's how it goes. But, you know, I, I'm looking at a team like Boston, who has a Marcus smarter Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, who can kind of defend those three guys they have, and I think that'll be interesting. Oh. I think Milwaukee has an interesting defense that they can – if they can score any, you know, come playoff time, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think I have the Nets going to the finals. And you know, well they'll lose to the Lakers because I mean they can't guard nobody. And mm. DeAndre has nothing for A D. Yes, sir. Uh, they're gonna they're
3: gonna sell it as Katie LeBron. It's Katie A D. All right, LeBron's number two. <laughs> AD, AD's, wow. a oh, wow. AD's A AD's a matchup. We just had to get a um,
1: shot in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, it's um, gonna be fun, man thank you our, our esteemed guests for, for joining us thomas dylan talk and you know thank you for coming on for this emergency pod this this is well needed uh, make sure y'all go ahead and follow da speaks on instagram y'all follow the spice trap on instagram and follow t underscore Klein on instagram uh, thanks you guys for coming on can't wait to have you back to talk some more uh, you know, we'll probably have to do this again in playoff time to see what the Nets actually look like. Y'all got anything, any last things to say to the people?
3: Nah, man. Thanks for having us. This was yeah, fun. thank you.
1: Thank you.
4: Always appreciate it. And, of course, everybody stay safe.
2: <laughs> stay safe, yeah. guys. Yeah, wear your mask. Wear your yeah, mask. Yeah. Stay inside. We want a fun summer. Appreciate Club you guys for coming, man.
0: Yeah, appreciate it, yo. Thank you. Yeah, man. That was All a right, good man. time.